Welcome to the Vision Podcast, a podcast that explores news, topics, and information of interest to the faculty, staff, and friends of the Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences. I'm your host, Karen Brown. And I'm your host, John Burrow. Welcome to the 19th edition of the Vision Podcast. It's been more than a year since the COVID pandemic started and things are finally looking up. Americans are getting vaccinated and campuses are returning to a normal. But before we move on with from this chapter, I think it's important that we, we reflect on the past year, all of its challenges and opportunities. I know personally, it's been fascinating to see the MSU community rise to the occasion and really lead us the way for the whole state. College of Arts and Sciences and its faculty have continued to conduct and publish timely, noteworthy research that addresses some of the important issues of the time. Today, we're joined by Dr. Giselle Thibodeau, College of Arts and Sciences Associate Dean for Research, who leads the research arm of the college, and Sam Kilhoffer. Sam, is that how you say your last name? It's Califer. Califer, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Coordinator for communications and research support to look back over the past year as it relates to all the research being conducted in the college. Dr. Thibodeau and Sam, welcome to the Vision Podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. I'm looking nice forward to chatting. Mm-hmm. And we love bringing you back. We just thought this is the perfect time taking a look back at the gear. And can't wait to hear from your perspective how the college has done as far as research productivity. Yeah, I know with uh, COVID and everything, I know research has been a primary focus for many colleges, including ours. And so, uh, Dr. Thibodeau and Sam, we got you to host, uh, um, we got to host you rather on the podcast back in August. And we discussed some of the research that's been going on in, in the college back then. But what's been happening since? Oh, um, so, so much has been happening. Um, when COVID came, um, you know, we thought it was going to go pretty quickly. And it became really obvious that it was staying with us for a while. And faculty have just risen to the occasion. And I know I mentioned last August um, how amazing it was, the amount of energy, time, effort that faculty were putting into proposal writing, getting their papers published, and just doing what they do best. Um, They they weren't able to travel um, last spring, last summer, on into the fall, Um, and they used that time to just just get it done. Um, they, They did it all while in the fall. They went and they were teaching, um, still raising their families. And it's just, it's amazing to see what what they've been up to. Um, Bringing Sam on, he was able to look across the landscape of the college and choose very relevant um, research and scholarly works that our faculty were involved in and did these research in the headlines. And I looked back trying to prepare for today and we published 39 research in the headlines pieces. Um, And they were, you know, COVID relevant. They were social injustice, social inequality relevant. 
relevant to wastewater remediation of our time. I mean, just, just truly amazing. Um, we had 16 pieces that were picked up by the conversation, um, which is a, a public press huge outlet for us, um, which represented 50% of all of the conversation pieces picked up from the university um, last year. So, you know, we, we did things, a couple of things in the research office facilitating like we always do, but we also put out a couple of calls for proposals to fund um, in the fall. I think we might've talked about them coming up when we spoke in August, but then since then we actually had the calls and we funded faculty seed funds um, to get their research and scholarly works back on track. Um, we funded a new program, Race and Racism Research, and we funded a new program for students to get back into the um, lab or back into their, their archives. So um, just a lot going on since then, and I can't be more proud. And Sam, having worked with these researchers, writing stories about them, is there one that really stands out to you as you reflect back on this past year? Man, I mean, there are just so many. Um, it, it's really hard to pick one. Um, I guess some of some of the earlier ones I did kind of stand out in my mind because I was still getting a hang of it, um, trying to find the stories um, and, and put it in a way that people would appreciate it, you know, because I coming from this English masters, you know, I'm, I'm used to this academic writing, but you want to get the information out in a conversational way. So one of the first ones I did, it might have been the first or second, um, Dr. Uh, Holly Seitz and her public uh, PSAs for health. Um, and, and people have probably seen it, you know, if they're here um, at the university, a lot of people have it in their footer, you know, these six or seven important uh, ways to stop the spread of COVID. Um, and that was really exciting. I met with her, you know, that was just super timely research. It both had you know, a very national response. She, she got to speak on the news, but a local one too. I mean, it was it, her, you know, plan and strategy was what got picked up at college. Um, and, and then that article, a version of that ended up going into the Vision magazine. So that was really exciting to see it um, get, get some um, press and, and really pick up. And then, you know, a bigger, a bigger, longer version got to uh, also be shared in the, the official um colleges math magazine vision magazine so so that one i think might might be the one that really stands out it, it felt like a very early and important success for me and to too what an example of that is what that's what researchers do and they answer mm -hmm. real world problems and things that are happening in our world right now so great example um that work was phenomenal and all too so as you look back why do you think College of Arts and Sciences and its researchers were able to respond to the challenges of the past the way that they did? You know, Giselle, you commented on how proud you are of some, so much of the work they did. So, you know, when I sit back and think about, um, about myself, about our researchers, um, about them, our researchers as teaching faculty, um, I really think, you know, it, it's not, um, it's not one thing. I don't, I think what's helped our faculty get through successfully and shining, not just making it through, but making it through in such a positive way. It really, it starts with their families. I mean, I, I think 
our people have a good support. Um, and, and that comes first. I mean, remember all the, all the children went home, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you've got. I remember the, it well. No, just. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you know, very well. So I think it starts with support, you know, from, from their families. And so I think I would be amiss, you know, to, to not mention that. But I also think that we have supportive colleagues, right, across the university. Um, I think department heads, I've always said the department head position is an extremely challenging position on any academic campus. I think that our heads, and I can't speak for all across campus, but I can speak to arts and sciences heads and their staff, you know, went above and beyond trying to protect the faculty in any way that they could. And then I think you know, I have to give kudos to the dean's office as well. And I think across the board from the, the departments to the dean's office, I think that the help that was provided was really the flexibility, the awareness um, of what was going on and in, in trying really hard to see how those different levels could protect their faculty and facilitate their activities in such challenging times. Um, and I just think our people are that good. Um, I think they're they're amazingly resilient and they're just they love what they do. Um, they love asking the questions that they ask. Um, and they're really smart people, you know, and I think all of that combined, it's just I look back and I go, whoa, I I don't <laughs> I, I don't know how they did it, you know, but I think if you if you look across the board and you start with family and you end with the, you know, the dean's office and everybody in between, I think we'd be hard pressed to say um, that, that we didn't help, um, you know, yes. so, and, and you, people might have different feelings about that, but I think it wasn't one thing that helped our people. Um, but in the end, they're just that good, you know. Agreed. Really. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I, you know, I think just the community really saw that opportunity and a lot of people had the right work ethic and mindset to, to make a plan happen. Um, and I think there's just kind of what Giselle was saying. There's this really progressive attitude in the college. People want to help. Um, you know, Mississippi has a reputation for being last in a lot of important areas. But to me, that just means there's a lot of opportunity to help make an impact on people who need it. Um, and I'm from Mississippi, and I really see the College of Arts and Sciences as, as a leader in the state. We have so many great educational and research opportunities. Um, so I, I think it's just great, and I'm happy that I get to help with that. And we, we obviously have discussed uh, back in August as well as just now about the challenges that many of the faculty faced during COVID. But what about you all specifically? How did the pandemic affect the research team? and the jobs that each of you perform? Well, I know for me, it did have a pretty big impact um, uh, for my job. You know, I started last May as an intern after finishing my graduate program in the English department. And they were they were very gracious to line up some opportunities like that. And I jumped, I jumped on it and I feel like I've carved out a spot for myself. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the recent explosion of research and academic energy coming from the college to address COVID and other issues. Uh, I think Giselle could sense a need to get additional manpower to handle that influx of grain applications. 
as well as to get the story out about ANS and actually share the research. I mean, that is what it's it's for is to make an impact. Yeah, yeah, and and I agree. Um, the the way it affected um, the actual research team, you know, we have two contracting grant specialists, Ashley and Silas, and um, they they went home when the university shut down, and they took everything with them um, so that they had easy access um, to everything that they needed, and the proposal um, development, proposal writing went up significantly across the college because faculty weren't traveling um, and they were just doing what they do best. They were writing the narrative, writing the the proposals. And um, that increased significantly um, last summer and continued into the fall and spring, which I thought it would would kind of settle down because faculty were back in the classroom um, back with their service responsibilities and all of that, but it has not slowed down. So our proposal submissions are up significantly, which means that Ashley and Silas are working nine to nothing um, all the time. And, um, and and Keisha has taken a, our business coordinator has taken a, biz, a, a bigger role in supporting kind of our internal programs. You know, we, we put out calls for um, internal funding and, um, so she's taken over a bigger role in doing that. And then bringing on Sam, um, he's able to help with some of the proposal development stuff. So he's he's been helping editing where English is not the first um, language for some of our faculty. Um, so he's been really instrumental in helping with that kind of thing and really instrumental in helping the communications team translate the research um, into a narrative that's easily understood and that's being picked up by um, public media. And it's just, um, so I miss my people um, being right here, um, but but they've been blowing and going. I mean, it's, it's, it's been tremendous. Um, COVID hasn't affected my day-to-day life because I come into the office every day, um, but it's affected um, what we're able to do because we have so much proposal activity and then collaboration in reaching out to, you know, there's a, there's a lot of new funding sources coming online now and navigating those for our people and looking for opportunities and making sure we're matching the right people with the right opportunity um, has taken a lot of time. And so some of the things that I, I would like us to work on for future efforts, you know, has been kind of put on the, the back burner a little bit, but but other than that, it's, you know, I think we're still doing what we do. Um, we're trying to facilitate and help faculty as much as at all possible and getting the story out there. And I think that's pretty much what our job should be. So well, I was le- I was thinking about too, Giselle, when Sam mentioned or when we were saying how did COVID change? I thought, well, we never even met Sam in person for a <laughs> long right. time because he was just working, you know, through a medium like we're doing right now. And so yeah. Um, but, uh, I've, I've received so many appreciative emails and kudos from faculty, from department heads about, about Sam, about Ashley and Silas, about Keisha. I mean, it's just, I've never had, um, faculty are appreciative of what the team does for them. 
um, and they're actually verbalizing it or putting it in writing now, you know, which is, that's wonderful. You know, it can be pretty stressful for, for in particular, Ashley and Silas um, working with faculty, trying to get their submissions to our office of sponsored projects on time and dealing with agencies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but faculty are, are appreciative um, which makes me really happy, <laughs> you know, because they they make it known, you know. So. so talking about how busy you all and that COVID did not slow you down, give us an update about some of the projects and direction you're working on right now. So really right now it's, it's about we're coming up to the end of a fiscal year. So I'm doing a lot of um, end year projections. Um, looking at what we've been able to accomplish, what we can tweak, um, what we can change about our strategic research initiative programs to make sure that we're having the biggest impact possible. Um, we're looking ahead. We have a lot of um, big proposal deadlines that come up um, in early to mid-summer and then early fall. And so that's, that's usually fairly time-consuming. For instance, we had a team meeting yesterday and realized that um, the NSF career um, program is the most prestigious, one of the more prestigious um, funding opportunities for the National Science Foundation. It's called the Early Career Award. Um, they're extremely competitive and um, all the deadlines across NSF are all in July, the same deadline. And we already have nine faculty in the college that are preparing proposals to submit to that July deadline. Wow. Right? So, and so that's huge. And while I'm talking about NSF career awards, let me just tell you as kudos to our faculty that these are extremely prestigious, extremely competitive awards to receive. And in the college, we have four active career awards um, and there are only six across the entire campus. So we have four of the six NSF career awards on campus. Wow. Um, yeah, kudos to our faculty. What's mm -hmm. that? I said kudos to our faculty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we have we have already nine, and I'm sure there's going to be more come up. So that's so June, July are are huge, um, are huge for us. Um, and then we also have NIH deadlines coming up um, at, at the end of the summer. Um, and while I'm giving kudos to our faculty, we also have the only, so the National Institutes for Health, their gold standard um, is what's called an RO1, an NIH RO1 award. And we only have one on campus across the university. Um, and that is in our chemistry department. It's Nick Fitzke. So in the College of Arts and Sciences. So congrats to Nick. Yeah, yeah. So what we're looking for is more career awards, and more R01s across the college. And I'm, I'm absolutely confident um, that our faculty have been working hard enough that we'll win some of those. Um, so we also, I mean, and it's not just the hard sciences. I mean, the humanists have been doing amazing things. I mean, our Catherine Pierce, who's one of our English professors, is the state poet laureate, um, was just announced a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that's that's huge. You know, we have Maggie Hagerman, a social scientist who um, has been interviewed on on CBS 
news picked up by the Washington Post. I mean, you know, just anyway, amazing. And so I'm looking for more of those kinds of things as we go into this new year. And I'm excited because I know they're going to happen. Uh, yes, I'm a bit all over the place, but I've got my hands in a lot of different projects and it's really exciting. Um, I stay busy with a lot of work in the background, always searching the grant databases for those opportunities, you know, reading through the RFPs. Uh, I try to learn in pretty good detail what our researchers are actually up to and what their focus is. And that can be pretty hard, you know, because there's so many different departments and it's, it's like I get to, but I also have to learn something new every day. Um, and that can be both a challenge, but also very rewarding. Um, and I've also finally had some recent successes getting faculty plugged in with media likes the conversation, um, a lot of different things across the university. Um, and another part for me, now that I've been here for a while, it's been exciting because I'm on the research and the communication side. It's been really exciting to see some projects all the way through. You know, sometimes I'm looking for those opportunities or editing the applications um, or, or reading over them and reviewing them. And then now, you know, six months or a year later, I'm talking about what insights, you know, come from those projects. Um, so like with the SRI, um, the strategic research initiatives that we did, you know, that was one of the projects that I got to watch all the way through completion. We were talking about it in the meetings. You know, we got the word out. Um, we, we collected all of them. We talked through them, you know, and, and edited them. And now I'm, you know, sharing the work and, and showing like, here's what we're funding. You know, here's the great research going on. So, so that's been really cool for me. And I think that's sort of a special thing I get to do because I'm on the research side where I help with it. And then I get to, um, you know, tell everyone about it after it happens. So, so a lot's been going on and a lot is hopefully going to continue, especially the, with the research in the college. But out of all everything that's happening, what are you each looking forward to the most? What, what gets you the most excited related to the research here in the College of Arts and Sciences? So I can talk all day about what our faculty have accomplished and get really excited about it. Um, when we're looking forward <laughs> about excitement, um, there's potentially a lot of really great opportunities right now um, in the wake of COVID and in the way of a new administration, um, as in the U.S. administration. Um, you know, Biden's administration just recently announced um, a pretty huge influx into American recovery mm -hmm. and also into um, the, the sciences or STEM science, technology, engineering, and math. And essentially looking for ways where we can get back and we can be what we would consider the world power, right, in, in science. And we're losing our ground, and the administration recognizes that. And so they're, they're pumping a significant amount of money um, into the agencies with which we can play in that game, right? So, for instance... Um, Mississippi State University, and in particular arts and sciences, has done really well with the National Science Foundation. That's where we find our competitive edge. Um, and the administration is adding to the NSF's $8.5 billion budget. They're adding $600 million specifically from the American Rescue Plan 
specifically geared to education in STEM. And this education is across the board. What they want to do is reimagine how we get STEM basic sciences and education all the way through the pipeline so that we can have our competitive edge back. Along with just the, the STEM areas, because of all of the global issues with um, inequalities, social economic inequalities, social injustice, and those kinds of things, I can't imagine that the directorate in the National Science Foundation, specifically for social behavioral and economic sciences, will also get an influx of funds. And that particular directorate is undersubscribed. And I think that we have a number of people that are primed for going after and winning those awards. We have some amazing, amazing social scientists across several of our units in the college um, who are also already getting foundation funding. Um, but I think that it, I'm excited to see us play in that game. And I think we will be able to do it. And I think we'll be able to do it successfully. Um, That's great I'm, news. I'm excited great about news. taking advantage of some of those new opportunities that are, that are out there. Um, you know, I just, it's exciting to see not just our basic sciences, but also our social and behavioral sciences and our humanities taking front stage, right? Which in the past they haven't, right? At Mississippi State University, we always talk about um, agriculture and engineering. And right now, our basic scientists, our social scientists, our psychologists, and our humanists are being recognized on a national and global level, right? I, I think globally and nationally, we're starting to understand that, that research and scholarly activity in these areas, it's, it, they matter, right? They're able to change the world, right? And it's not just applied work that, that's changing the world. We might change it differently if you're a humanist, you know, or if you're a social scientist. But it, I, I think that we're finding that it is that these areas are as important, just different, but as important to making real change as the applied sciences are. And that gets me excited, right? Because again, we're in the College of Arts and Sciences. We've got the humanists, we've got the social and behavioral scientists, we've got the natural and physical science scientists. And um, I can historically always get excited about the science, but it is so fun now to get truly excited, you know, and see the energy in our social and behavioral folks, what they're doing for our communities, what they're doing for the nation, um, and what our humanists are contributing. You know, it's just, so anyway, that's, I'm finding that extremely exciting. Well, y'all, thank you so, so much for sharing that. And you've gotten me excited. Um, I love the energy both of you have and just appreciate what you do leading the college. It's a great time to be a researcher in the College of Arts and Sciences. Thank you so much. I'm so proud. So just thank you for letting us share it. Thank you for all you do too. Well, thank you both for being here. And to our listeners, if you're interested in exploring a topic of interest to you and the broader community and or have questions you would like to address in a future podcast, 
email me, Karen Brown, at kbrown at dnas.msstate.edu. And we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the Vision Podcast. Be sure to visit our website, www.cas.msstate.edu for more information about the College of Arts and Sciences. Please be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'd appreciate you helping us spread the word letting others know about the podcast. You can also stay up to date on news and information about the College of Arts and Sciences by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences, learning through discovery.